0: From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. A show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland Timbers soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Woohoo! Tim Beers! I'm Jason. I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk a little bit about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want. Oh yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. How about you? living the dream baby living the dream (laughs) well it's been a while oh uh, yeah i believe it's been four months since our last it's been insane yeah life's been busy dude it's been crazy work 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 covid and uh all sorts of other bullshit excuses so because you know what we were doing the whole time uh, still drinking beer. Still drinking beer. Yeah, so still brewing it too. Yeah, still brewing. So, well, uh, listeners, we got a nice episode for you today. We're gonna do a little bit of beer news here shortly, and then we'll uh, got a great, great interview with Timber Patch Brewing and the folks over there in a little town, a little logging town in uh, the middle of kind of southwestern Washington, and. Uh, and then we thought we'd uh, kind of go over what's happening on the new techie side. So homebrew, beer, beerware, all sorts of that stuff, but some of the funding things that you could get involved with as a listener as it yeah. relates to homebrewing. So, And then we'll talk about what's going on with Gary and I in homebrewing and uh, some of the stuff we're in the middle of and what we're doing to... Uh, stay relevant with our brewing <laughs> <laughs> that way. So, But all right. Let's uh, take a couple sips of beer. we got beer, as always, sitting in front of us. And uh, yeah. we've got four lined up, four nice 16-ounce cans. And the first one I brought back from a, a little brewery, brewery out of uh, Bozeman, Montana. And uh, it's called Mountain Walking Brewery. So, I am for Oktoberfest, and we'll talk about this shortly, uh, brewing a smoked lager yeah. Oktoberfest. Yeah. And this uh, is kind of what I was looking at chasing. So, this is called Chopping Wood. It's, it's a it, Smoktoberfest.
1: It's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's right up Tim's Alley. It's and
1: definitely got the smoked flavor to it.
0: Yeah, it's got that little Rauk bacony, but not too oily, right? Um... And it's a lager, so it's clean other than yeah. the smoke, right? So, yeah, interesting, uh, nice light beer there. So, four totally different beers lined up, uh, but the first one again, mountains walking. It's a smoked Oktoberfest, a smoked Oktoberfest style lager, aged for two months, and then touching our lips. It's four point eight percent.
1: Funny that you uh, what twelve point eight? No, four point eight. Oh, thank God. Uh, funny you should mention the bacon taste. That's exactly what I was thinking when I tasted it. Too. Yeah, a little,
0: little smoky, a little smoky bacon. bacon. Not little smokies, but little smoky <laughs> bacon. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I like it. It's nice, light. Um, it's pretty balanced for a Rauch. Like, yeah, I've had Rauk that'll just kick your kick your teeth in with smoke.
1: Yeah, the the smoke's not overpowering. Um, I could smell it. But then when I first tasted it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a smoked beer. There's no question it's a smoked beer. But it's not the overpowering smoked beer that I've had with uh, some other companies.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. Well, we'll come back to uh, Beer 2, Beer 3, Beer 4 here a little bit later in the program. Um, with that, let's jump into beer news. <laughs> All right, beer news on the docket today. So stuff that we probably have heard about, right? Possibly. But uh, that may be new to some. So with that, we'll start off. Henry Weinhart's is gone. The Reserve. The Reserve, the original. Yeah, yeah, been yeah. around since the 1800s here in the Portland area. I mean, it was a staple. Um, a good chunk of Northwest Portland's like, called the Brewery Blocks, which is uh, based upon the Henry Weinhart's... Brewer that was there yes. um so a lot of history in the portland area was it relates to henry weinhart's um molson coors has been uh brewing their beer and keeping the name alive and in their cut recently of kind of underperforming beers they cut a hundred skews and one of those that was underperforming henry Wineheart's. Henry
1: weinhart's reserve
0: yep. yeah sad, sad news sad, sad so, day but, I mean, again, to be honest, when we were playing soccer, Summer Lake Soccer, we mm-hmm. were buying that for, like, an 18-pack for, like, 7.99 or something. Yeah. So I, they were just, like, churning the thing out. It wasn't about quality. It nope. was about making it cheap, and uh, yeah, it's gone. It's gone. So Rubens Brewing out of Seattle. I believe it's Ballard. Okay. Happy birthday. Ninth birthday as of yesterday. So Fantastic. Um, August 7th was their birthday, and uh, I guess we, we stumbled upon them when they did the Rainier collaboration. Yeah, It was a knockoff of uh, Rainier beer, and so love the brewery, have yet to interview them. We've actually been in discussion a few times about doing an interview up there, um, but that being said, they, for their birthday, made a very special beer and it's a triple barrel blended stout and it was blended first in from a bourbon barrel so okay. they did it and aged it in a bourbon barrel pulled it put it into a rye barrel all right and then pulled it and put it back into a bourbon barrel oh, goodness <laughs> <laughs> so we got to find a bottle of this ruben brewing if you're listening or if there's a distributor out there we need a bottle. I can't even imagine <laughs> what the ABV is. Oh that, yeah, you know it's huge. It's so. going to be nuts. Well, so the guys at Varietal, uh, a bunch of the local Seattle guys, were all there to celebrate Reuben Brew's birthday. Happy ninth birthday to Reuben Brewing! So fantastic, man, nice work. Well, something that else is new in the news. Uh, Art Lawrence is. Back with his uh, guy, Teddy, and they're creating a beer festival, which we found out about at the end of May. Yeah. We've been trying to find time to meet with Art, and uh, he was picking our brains a little bit about uh, what would make a brew festival successful. Um, We know that, and we've talked about it on this program, the Oregon Brewers Festival numbers have been flat for several years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some of that, our opinion only, is that many of the beers that you can find in your local tap shops or growler shops, as yeah. Yeah, some, some of the kids call them these days, um, are typically what you find at OBF. And so the novelty of the one-off beers has gone, and Art took that to heart, and him and Teddy with the West Side Beer Festival at the Washington County Fairgrounds at the new convention center space Ooh. are doing one-offs only, and it's... September 24th to the 26th. It's 14-ounce pours of these (laughs) one-offs. This thing is going to be awesome. (laughs) Like, awesome. Might be a little expensive for some of the kids. Yeah. But this is for, like, true beer Beer aficionados. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, man. Well done, Art and Teddy. We'll be there. Count us in. Fresh hops the next weekend. So you're just warming the livers up for us. So. <laughs> All right. So on the news, final news of the evening, Double Mountain and Gigantic have combined for a collaboration. I'm interested
1: to see what that beer's going to be.
0: It is a IPA called the Wonder Twins. Oh, so. Boy. Um interesting, huh? It's yeah. going to be a uh, IPA that they've done together we know that a uh, gigantic and boneyard recently did a collaboration yeah and they did an ipa that is um super low on hops and heavy on like other things to bitter it out like peach puree and things like that so uh dig in the collabs. so uh, on a tap uh probably the next uh next episode for us I've got the uh, Breakside Barley Browns collab in the fridge here. Ooh. I've um, had several bottles and a growler full of that, but I thought you'd enjoy some of that. But yeah. Digging these collabs, man. Uh, interesting because Double Mountain, when we had those guys on, they were like, nah, we're not doing collabs. Yeah. We're not into collabs. And now
1: they're doing collabs.
0: Somehow Gigantic got to them and was like, hey, let's do a collab. So, <laughs> those gigantic guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what we've got in the news this week. Uh, we'll uh, try to come back at you with some new and cutting-edge news. But again, quick recap: Henry's is gone. Rubens Brew, happy birthday, ninth birthday. Westside Bar- Beer Fest It'd be awesome if it was a Barrel Fest. That would be cool. September twenty fourth to the twenty sixth at the Washington County Fairgrounds, and a Double Mountain gigantic collab Wonder Twins IPA. All right, that was in the news. Smoke beer is all gone. Number two. What do you got for number two, Gary?
1: Uh, It tastes an awful lot like an orange creamsicle, maybe
0: IPA. This is a hazy IPA called Clowning Around. It's a hazy creamsicle IPA by the world famous and now recognized award winner. Sun River Brewing. Really? Yep. It's a I, limited release, so is it a mistake, or did they do this on purpose?
1: That's a good question. I think the, the, the jury's still out. What do you think of it? <laughs> um, I'm, You know, I love the creamsicle part of it, but you and I both know that I'm not a big IPA guy. <laughs> uh. And a beer that I've recently done is doing this exact same thing. Um, it, it tastes great on the front half, not so uh, not so impressed with the back half.
0: Yeah, it's got that heavier IPA taste on the back yeah. half. Um, the front half is that milkshake IPA, like orange creamsicle sweetness. Yeah. So and again, you' you love the milkshake IPAs. Oh yeah, not yeah, sour yeah. ones like we had last night. Oh the
1: sour one was nuts. I've never had a sour IPA so that it was an interesting flavor. Um, and luckily it wasn't too sour. If it, I think it would have been even more sour it, it would I, there's no way I would have liked it.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, that one from last night was uh, interesting. Buddy Caleb brought that over, and uh, again, interesting on the front. Super sour as we got into it, and yeah. uh, the the guys over at Valley Brew Works in uh, Yakima make the best milkshake uh, IPAs, like that orange creamsicle Hand, or that strawberry banana. Yeah, hands down, <laughs> the best I've ever had. Yeah, those are that's some good stuff. I'll have to pick up some of that uh, when we're over at the Fresh Hop Festival. I'm doubting they're fresh hop on any of that stuff, but hopefully they got some of that stuff stashed away. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about Timber Patch Brewing. So these guys are out of Morton, Washington, which is uh, off of Highway 12, uh, as if you're heading towards the gap or the saddle between Mount Rainier and Mount Adams. Okay. And there's a ski resort up there we've talked about called White Pass. Yes. And Crystal Mountain sits off to the uh, north a little bit. And that is the general area of Morton, Randall, and some of those little towns in there. So lots of logging, old um, logging towns. And so two gentlemen and their lovely brides said, Hey, we've been homebrewing for a while. You know what we should do is we should start a Kickstarter campaign. And we should see if we can make a brewery. And so they kickstarted themselves a brewery. And now have a working brewery with Tap House in a little logging town that's headed up towards White Pass. And it is amazing. So, Timber Patch Brewing. Here's an interview with them. All right. It's Jason from the Timbeers here. And I am here at Timber Patch Brewing in Morton, Washington. So, we're on our way camping, heading up towards uh, the lakes between Mount Adams and Mount Rainier. And we stopped in this small little town here. And found this great brewery that's uh, been open for a little over a year now. And uh, so I'm here with uh, one of the owners here. I'll let him introduce himself and tell you a little bit about where the brewery is at and where they're located.
2: Hi, my name is uh, Rich French. Uh, I'm one of the two brewers and owners of Timber Patch Brewing. Uh, like he said, we're, we're lo- our tap room is located in Morton, Washington. We don't actually brew on site. We brew at uh, my partner's house where we converted part of his shop into a, into a four barrel brewery. Um, one of the reasons being he has great water quality there, which is really important for good beer. You got to start with, a just like building a house, you got to have a great foundation and water's the great foundation for beer.
0: So uh, so you guys made the jump. I was doing a little bit of research as we were on up here about where to stop and see if there was a beer place so we could get a growler filled and take it up to the lakes, and this is the place. But you guys started a Kickstarter campaign about two years ago, it looks like, 2019, and um, it looks like it was fully funded yep. and made it through. So uh, on that Kickstarter campaign, you said, you know what, we're going to open a brewery. We're going to open it here in Morton. So why Morton? Why did you choose this place?
2: Well, it, it wasn't, uh, to begin with, it wasn't our number one choice. We actually had our, our uh, sights set on getting into Packwood, Washington, which is becoming more and more of a uh, tourist town, r- more of a resort, lots of Airbnbs. And we really had our sights set on that, but we just couldn't touch anything for the uh, amount of money we were willing to spend in rent. Uh, and and we, were, we were starting with nothing. We, we took no loans, we took no anything. We did it all on our own. And we didn't want to get into debt going into this business. And if it was going to happen, it was going to happen on what we called the cheap. And, and that's, that's what we, we ended up finding this little place and uh, happened to know the owner. And, and she said she would love to have a tap room right next door to her.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a nice, quaint place, center of downtown Morton, or what it is, by the post office, across from City Hall. So we talked a little bit about when I walked in whether the city offered you any help or, like, uh, help with permits or any of that type of stuff. It sounds like there was support from the community for this, which is awesome. You both, your day jobs are in the lumber mills, um, which is cool. And then in the evening, you guys are here. Your, your partners are teachers. Uh, so you, you guys are home brewing. At what point did you say, hey, look, we want, to, we want to do a brewery?
2: Well, that's kind of a funny story because when we started home brewing, we, we both talked about have, opening a brewery someday. And we were operating on a, well, start with five gallons, and we made the big jump to 10-gallon all-grain <laughs> brewing. We never did do any extract brewing. We wanted to do all-grain because we knew we could custom tailor uh, all, the, all the flavors, all the different varieties. Um, So as time went on, uh, of course, we thought our beer was real good, but to begin with, it wasn't. As a matter of fact, uh, I've got friends that are, I I happen to be a big IPA fan, and I've got friends that are IPA fans too, so I'm letting them try that. And typically when you have, when you have beer and there's friends, they're going to, and you've made it, they're going to tell you your beer is good, whether it is or not. So we had to make sure that we got it out to people that would give us their honest opinion and not just want to drink our be- drink beer. Mm-hmm. And it was going better and better every time we gave it to friends or friends of friends. We got more and more encouragement that hey, our and, and again we're both IPA fans. So our we got more and more encouragement that our IPA was was uh, a really good taste for folks. So we. We have actually have stuck with the exact same recipe that we started with in IPA <clears throat> through, our, through our bigger system. So, but we knew in order to open anything, we had to branch out and brew other things. Uh, we, we brewed a few porters and stouts uh, while we were home brewing. Um, we brewed one or two red ales. Neither one of us were big red fans, but we did that. we had never brewed a hazy um, and we had never brewed a blonde <laughs> and uh, when, we, when we really got more and more serious, we just talked about it. Every time we homebrewed, we talked more and more about we should start something. Um, we both looked at it like, you know, it's not all that many years until retirement for either one of us. Uh, could this be something we could do in retirement and actually have fun at? It? And make no mistake about it, homebrewing was fun. But we had a ball at it. And we we made some really, really bad beer, but we also made some really good beer. So we pitched the bad beer recipes to the side, or it was our fault. It wasn't a bad recipe, but, um, and then tweaked some of the others. And and lo and behold, uh, we started getting a little more serious about it and contacted a, a company in Tennessee about their brewing system that they built and asked if there was any around the Pacific Northwest that they had sold to anybody around the Pacific Northwest, and they told us of a small brewery in Walla Walla called uh, Old Opera Brewing and and we contacted that guy to see if we could come over and and brew with him for a day volunteered our help and brewed with him for a day and and the system was real simple it was actually just a enlarged home brewing system basically is the way we looked at it and uh, about two weeks later we received an email from him saying he had a him and his wife had a chance to move to Australia and he would offer us first chance at all of his brewing equipment. Wow. So uh, almost overnight, we went from it being like a dream to we're buying a big brewery. To us, it was big. It's yeah. a, you know, three and a half barrel system was not big by any, but nano brewery type stuff. And, and I think that within a day or two, we called him and said we'd take it, send him some money and uh, had no place to store it. We had no brewery to put it in and basically stored it in my partner's shop and built a brewery around it and uh since then we've up, upsized our equipment a little bit uh, so that we don't have to do back-to-back batches to get one batch out and uh that's that's what's in the works right now
0: so. yeah outstanding so you, you have doubled the size of the brewery now so you guys are at six barrels a little bit
2: uh, yeah we'll do, we do about a we we brew about 150 gallons yeah. we, we fill our four barrel fermenters we have three four barrel fermenters and and for the last, since we got our new equipment, we have a big event coming up in town and second week in August, we know it's gonna be extremely busy and uh, we had let our, our smaller equipment go back in April and it wasn't till second week of June we started receiving our new equipment and it's been uh, to the wall ever since then. Uh, during the week after work, uh, on Sundays, it's either cleaning kegs, uh, Cleaning equipment or brewing—that's that's all we've been doing on the weekends.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting as you talk to like some of the big guys. I mean, you guys are Central Oregon. We were talking about this before. You're Central Oregon guys and gals, but the uh, Crux folks or the Boneyard folks are like, this is not glorious. It's <laughs> it's plumbing. It's late nights. It's weekends. It's all of that and and so to people walking in trying this great beer they're like god I should open a brewery man yeah. this this is the way I should do it cuz it's, it's glorious and i'm like surround beer all the time yeah. but it's hard work behind the scenes
2: yeah yeah and there's a there's a lot of things that go wrong you know you <laughs> you, you have leaks in your glycol system and we know nothing about glycol systems thank goodness we have a very a, a really close friend that is a uh, uh a refrigeration expert And he has helped us a ton on our refrigeration, our walk-in cooler here at the tap room at the brewery. Um, We local people that we know that are electricians. I mean, it's not they're giving; they're not giving us the stuff free, but they're working us in in odd hours and and coming to our rescue at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, So knowing, lived in this community all my life. So knowing people around the valley for both of us has really been a big advantage. Um, Yeah, but you're working on. There's something goes wrong every day of the brewing uh, world, uh, in the way I look at it. And not not terribly wrong to where it, where it hurts anything, but you are going to put in extra hours just to try to make it good enough for the next time, at times.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing we actually talk about on the podcast, when either of us have a brew day on the thing. And we're dealing six-gallon batches, five-gallon batches, but we're like, man, what went wrong today? So, <laughs> yeah, right, the, this pump didn't work, or I had reversed the connection on this pump, and, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I sprayed word all over the place, and yeah, it, that stuff just happens, right? Yeah. And then there's the big ones where you ruin a batch of beer, right? Yeah. So, so we talked a little bit about one of the questions I was going to ask, which was, so somebody that's taking a jump from homebrewing to brewing, mm-hmm. um, what is the thing in your mind is – the biggest thing they should know getting into it like what is the lesson that maybe they need to pay attention to as a home brewer or or what is something they should be aware of making that jump
2: well there's 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 several different areas you really pay attention to Uh, the system we started on uh, our three and a half barrel system uh, had immersion heaters so it also had propane heaters but we thought well, well we'll try the we'd never brewed with electric before uh, one thing that can happen is uh, your wort can stick to those immersion heaters and it can burn, scorch a batch of beer. Very first batch we brewed, we brewed a very simple batch of wheat. This is kind of a funny story. Wheat was a real easy beer for us to brew um, so, as a home brewer. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have a lot of ingredients, doesn't have a lot of hops. Uh, so we brewed a batch of wheat and we had, we scorched it bad uh, to the point we were going to dump it, and we let's let's keg it anyway, and, and see if anybody likes it. I, I, I used to be a wheat fan, so uh, if I can drink it, there's others that can drink it. So we did, and, and there was one other really funny story along the way, um, in our with our fermenters, all this stuff to us, all the fermenters uh, looked like spaceships to us. We had never dealt with anything like that. You know, we were we were fermenting in carboys, mm-hmm. and you know, keeping in, in his bathtub. <laughs> or his spare bedroom or our bathtub and and uh we realized after we got our three and a half barrels or four barrels into a fermenter that we hadn't put a shutoff valve on the front of it where we we're gonna have to take the beer out and we we called a brewer that we that we kind of came in contact with that was really nice guy and really giving us some tips and we said what can we do he says put your rain gear on you're gonna take a bath and that was that's was all we could do i Pull the cap off. Pull the tri clamp <laughs> off. He had the valve ready in a gasket, and we had we lost probably 35, 40 gallons of beer up into the lights, uh, all over the walls, covered both didn't. of us. You couldn't you couldn't see, couldn't breathe. It was just it was uh, th- th- four barrels of beer coming out on top of you, and we finally got that valve shoved on there, and uh, we had about three inches of water in the brewery floor, no drain at that time and we just cleaned up for about the next three hours
0: sticky sticky squeegee experience there so yeah, i mean awesome that. awesome advice uh an awesome story uh yeah it's interesting because a lot of breweries now would uh label that scorched wheat as a limited release right we that's sold, a-
2: <laughs> we sold every ounce of it yeah right <laughs> i have a we have a customer who happens to be a friend of mine that uh, uh Sold him alone a couple different kegs. Though. He just loved it. Right. I said, well, you're never going to get it again. It was a lim- <laughs> limited release. Yeah. Limited release. You'll never have that one again.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I see these limited releases, or I've been over to Sun River Brewing. We'll call them out. but And uh, they're like, hey, I've got this special, like 5 bucks for a six-pack, and it's limited release. And I'm just chuckling going, okay, come on. Yeah, I <laughs> know exactly what. Yeah. So that's funny. Well, so um, listeners out there, uh, Timber Patch Brewing here in Morton, Washington. Jubilee is coming up uh, in two weeks here. First week of August. Uh, Second week in August. Second week in August. So uh, come check them out uh, then if you want to meet a bunch of people that are in town. If you're passing through going to skiing, I mean, we've profiled White Pass. Um, They are on the way to White Pass. So uh, check them out. Awesome brewery. Rich, thanks for your time, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Timber Patch Brewing thank, thank you to Rich Kind of sprung it on him, his, him and his <laughs> wife of, Hey, guess what? We're in town I uh, Want to try some beer? They actually officially were not even open yet For business for that day Really? They were just like uh, kind of cleaning down tables Having some food before uh, they opened up And yeah. in comes Rogers Yeah <laughs> Hey, we're here for some beer. So, <laughs> very gracious hosts, awesome place. Check them out, Morton, Washington. Um, we talked a little bit about Jubilee there at the end. It's a huge logging festival. Um, yeah. they got live music and uh, basically they were brewing like crazy because they think they're going to run out of beer um, because the town's population triples. So, holy smokes! Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a crazy festival. Um, so, thinking of you guys over there at Timber Patch. And again, thanks for the hospitality. So, um, awesome IPA. So, interesting story about their IPA is that, uh, and he told us the same rough recipe that they've got. Yeah. But their IPA basically um, is somehow attached to uh, one of the kids that ha- of the families that had a ski accident. And so, uh, and I want to say was paralyzed or something. I'm kind of paraphrasing the story. Yeah. But, um, but that being said, is made a full recovery after being paralyzed and is back skiing, doing her thing. Um, and this beer, I believe, was named after her. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, it was, I mean, lots of lots of tradition in the town that the breweries linked into. Yeah. Um, and just good, wholesome people, like people that we would hang out with. That's so, cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, let's jump over. Um, so we heard that. Timber Patch Brewing was funded out of Kickstarter, Kickstarter, right? Yeah. So let's start a little segment we're going to call Kickstarter My Heart. Oh, yeah, Keep down my heart, give it a shot. Oh,
1: yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, kick's down my heart, hope it never drops. Oh,
0: yeah, baby. All right. Kickstarter my heart, baby. (laughs) That's freaking hilarious. (laughs) Well, so I'm sitting here with this thing to my left here, and I bought this today. It's a UKEG Growler Works, works spelled with an E. Yeah. And these are those things you see on the shelf that have the little CO2 that's primed in. That was a... Kickstarter. Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. yeah, it started off as a Kickstarter campaign.
1: And it's and done th- amazing.
0: Oh, it's done absolutely amazing. Yeah, and so this one bought at Costco, and uh, it's a Costco-type thing now. So the initial ask on Kickstarter, and these are people just pitching a few bucks here, a few bucks there to get these people started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the initial ask was seventy five thousand dollars. That's all they were asking. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of money, but
1: they they probably blew through that. Though. so
0: these guys are based out of Portland, Oregon, and the idea was to keep good microbrew from going bad, right? And so they basically yep. charge it with c o two and you've got a little drought system. So they hit the seventy five thousand goal and as a matter of fact, blew past it. yeah. They raised one million five hundred and fifty-nine thousand five hundred and twenty-five thousand so, dollars. Yeah, I mean, just this massive thing. And, um, anyways, so good for them. And um, there's a lot of things on uh, Kickstarter, and we'll we'll do this weekly, maybe monthly, and check in basically with Kickstarter to see what's out there. Yeah. But Timber Patch Brewing, I looked up their page. And they were looking for twenty-five dollar or fifty-dollar donations, hundred dollar, hundred and fifty, whatever you yeah. can throw at them. Um, they were initially looking for five thousand so bucks. That's it. Fifty backers ultimately, and yeah. they took away fifty-eight hundred dollars and some change. Yeah. So they raised enough um, in February of last year, and that allowed them the seed money to do what they needed to do. That's so awesome. They moved from their ten-gallon uh, kegel system. Up to what we heard was a four-barrel system. And, uh, again, funded off of Kickstarter, which is pretty cool.
1: That's fantastic.
0: And then uh, Immersion Pro, um, which is the brew jacket system. So a lot of guys brewing out of carboys always look for ways to kind of control temperature, so whether yep. it's high or low. And So this is a, a device that basically uses CPU cooling fans. Um, I believe it uses a little chip, a Peltier chip. And um, they were looking for $65,000 for their homebrew uh, piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And they got 323 backers and raised, ultimately, 76988 Very so, nice. Um, pretty awesome thing. I almost bought one before I um, built with the aluminum block and a Peltier chip from Stout Tanks. My right. cooling thing. But yeah. this thing's awesome. If you're brewing in a car buoy, pick up the brew jacket, the Immersion Pro. So... And then currently, so those are funded, right? So I thought I would Google, what is out there that we could invest in right now? Is there anything cutting edge? And so you just type in beer into Kickstarter, into the search field, and there's a ton of stuff that comes up. Um, It shows you all the past projects, but there's two current ones. And there's one that has 66 hours to go, and it's called Beer Above Water. So Beer Above Water is a community-based beer brand out of South Carolina. (laughs) And they are, um, when you look at this thing, it's uh, a black-owned beer brand and beer distribution company in South Carolina. And the company was established on July 4th of 2017. And they want to bring craft beer identity to market uh, from vastly underdeveloped local brewing. So big arm reaching up in the air. Holding a black beer can, um, and they are looking for backers. So um, they have a goal of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They have eight backers, and they've only raised one hundred and fifty-six dollars. So they got a ways to go with sixty-six hours to go. So long ways. Yeah, long ways to go. So this thing might be posted. This thing might be closed by the time we post our deal. Our but check house, it out. Yeah. 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 Um, And then the other one that's on here is out of Seattle, Washington. And this thing's going crazy, man. So uh, this is called the Memento Vivere Beer Steins. It's a celebration of life. And there's skulls, basically, that have been crafted to hold beer, uh, basically beer steins. And so it's by an artist by the name of Trevor Foster. He's looking for $5,000. He currently has 283 backers. And of his five thousand dollar goal, he's raised thirty eight thousand six hundred and thirty eight. So, apparently,
1: beer drinkers love to drink through from for skulls. skulls. Yeah.
0: Huh? <laughs> so I was like, "What? Like I wouldn't do this, but whatever." So, but he's a local sculptor uh, out of the Seattle area, and uh, he's hit his goal. So, we will check back. But uh, that is our episode of Kickstart My Heart. All right, we're back. So Kickstarter news there. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, Good stuff. Well, uh, it's been an action-packed episode. It Thanks has. to uh, Rich over at Timber Patch Brewing. Uh, you got a little bit of in the news uh, where we talked about what's happening uh, in the news. And One of those things we should call out is Art and Teddy's Westside Beer Fest happening on uh, September 24th to the 26th. Right. 14-ounce pours, one-off beers. So, it's going to be fun. Um, Gary and I will bring at you some of our home brews coming up soon. We're out of time for this week, but uh, look for us soon. We got all sorts of good stuff planned coming up. No more four months breaks. And uh, (laughs) what are you drinking, real quick? Uh, I'm I'm drinking.
1: uh, It's a Mexican something.
0: Yeah, Mexican chocolate from uh, Ex Novo. It's Kill the Sun, the Mexican chocolate version. Yeah. And then the last beer we have here is Mountains Walking. Dessert Dessert cart Cart series. Cookies and cream. So, this is a uh, stout with lactose cookies and cocoa nibs. And it is delicious. Very delicious. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got. Yeah. Tim Beers. Tim Beers. Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our
1: fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe,
0: rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers.